I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, from Genesis to Revelation. This is part eight of the series. Continuing and looking at the fact that Yeshua is the bridegroom that entered into a marriage relationship with his bride or the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. And in doing so, his bride built the golden calf, which was the breaking of the covenant, and as a result got exiled into the nations of the world. And being exiled into the nations of the world, the penalty that came upon her was the penalty of a woman that breaks covenant or the penalty that comes upon an adulterous woman because there is a marriage relationship between Yeshua the bridegroom and his wife or his bride the house of Jacob they are one and in order to show that he identifies with her in this relationship and in her sufferings what we're going to see in this session that when Yeshua died on the tree, he died the death of the penalty of an adulterous woman, that adulterous woman being his bride, who he married at Mount Sinai. And then, when he resurrected, he resurrected as a new man, and the only way that you can get to this new resurrected man is through his blood, through the new covenant. And the only way to get through his blood to him is you need to accept his redemptive work and you need to repent of your sins. When his adulterous bride repents of her sins or anyone in the world who recognizes and see the redemptive work of the Messiah that he is bringing to Israel and wants to be a partaker of this redemption, if anyone from the nations, if they repent of their sins, you see the repenting of your sins is stating that you your flesh is erring and doing wrong, that that your flesh is breaking the covenant, that your flesh is not following the Torah. So when you repent, you're saying, I want to follow the Torah. And you're saying to your flesh, you can no longer continue to behave like you've been behaving. And so because the flesh is not able to behave like it's been behaving because you repent, in essence, the flesh dies. And this is the death of the one 
wherein the Torah was written upon a stony heart and repentance is a death so that you receive new life. You receive forgiveness of sin in Messiah. You receive the indwelling Holy Spirit and through and from repentance, you're raised to newness of life. So in the new covenant, the marriage then is between a resurrected bridegroom, Yeshua the Messiah, and a resurrected bride who has repented of her sins. And the covenant that they have is the new covenant. It is the Torah written upon her heart. She has the indwelling Holy Spirit and he brings her then to Mount Zion, which spiritually is the forgiveness of her sins. But as it relates to the community of Israel, bringing her to Zion is the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. Bringing her to Zion is bringing her to Messianic times. And ultimately bringing her to Zion is bringing her to the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. So this is what we're going to cover in the remaining part of this session. First, we need to see that Yahweh Yeshua, the lawgiver, the bridegroom, is a jealous God, and he does not like other gods before him. Exodus, in chapter 34, in verse 14, it is written, You will not worship other gods, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, he is a jealous God. We have then, in the Torah, in Numbers chapter 5, a procedure, a process that one goes through for a wife who is suspected of adultery. In Numbers chapter 5 verse 12, it says, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, since in Psalm chapter 40 and verse 7, in the volume of the book, it is written of Yeshua, Luke chapter 24 verse 27 and 44, that the Torah and the prophets and the Psalms are written about him. Here in our spiritual application, the man here is the lawgiver. It is the bridegroom. It is Yahweh Yeshua. It says in verse 12, if a man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, his wife is the house of Jacob. And then it says in verse 14, in the spirit of jealousy come upon him. Why did he get jealous that his wife or his bride went after other gods? Yes. And then it goes on to say in Numbers chapter 5 verse 24 that he will cause the woman to drink the bitter water that causes the curse and the water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. What we're going to do next is we're going to show the penalties of a woman who commits adultery from looking at the Hebrew scriptures. And the first thing that will happen to her is she is going to drink bitter water. This is exactly what happened to the children of Israel from building the golden calf. In Exodus chapter 32 and verse 19, it says, It came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger was waxed hot. And then it says in verse 20 that Moses took the calf which they had made, and he burned it in the fire, and he ground it to the powder, and he stewed it upon the water, and he made the children of Israel to drink of it. So we see that the children of Israel for building the golden calf partook of the punishment of a wife that commits adultery or she drank bitter water. Next, 
she is going to be slain with the sword. Exodus chapter 32 verse 26, as a result of the building of the golden calf, it says, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Verse 27, he said unto them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp. Slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. So she is slain with the sword. In Ezekiel, in chapter 16, in verse 38, it says, I will judge you as a woman that breaks wedlock. Well, how does a woman get judged that breaks wedlock? Well, in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 40, it goes on to say at the end of the verse that you will be thrust through with their swords. Going back to Numbers in chapter 5 in verse 23, we're going to see that her curses are written in a book and blotted out as it is written. And the priest shall write these curses in a book and he will blot them out with the bitter water. Next, we're going to see that an adulterous woman is forsaken taken by her husband. If we go to Deuteronomy in chapter 31 in beginning in verse 16, we read the following. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, you will sleep with your fathers, and this people will rise up and go whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and they will forsake me and break my covenant. And as a result, Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 17, this is the consequence. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them. Now, if we go to Isaiah in chapter 54, verse 8, it is written, In a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. In Isaiah 54, verse 8, it says, The Lord your Redeemer is the one that hid his face. Who is the Lord your Redeemer? It is Yeshua the Messiah. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 31 and what is going to be the consequence for his people breaking the covenant? It says in verse 17, my anger will be kindled against them in that day and not only will I forsake them, but I will hide my face. If we continue on reading Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 18, it says in the King James, I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they have wrought. In the Hebrew, where it says, surely hide, in the Hebrew it says, I will hide, hide my face. The Hebrew word for hide is repeated. In other words, I'm going to really hide my face from you because you have broken my covenant. Well, how well did the lawgiver hide his face from his people that broke the the covenant. So well did he hide his faith that neither Judaism nor Christianity claims on a corporate basis, neither Judaism nor Christianity claims that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. That's how well the one that gave the Torah hid his face because his bride, the house of Jacob, broke the covenant. Next, we're going to see and continuing and looking at the curses that come upon an adulterous woman for breaking Torah covenant. Hosea in chapter 2 and beginning in verse 
2, we read the following. Plead with your mother. Plead. For she is not my wife and neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Then it says in Hosea chapter 2 verse 3 at the end of the verse that I will slay her with thirst. So an adulterous woman will be slain with thirst. And at the beginning of Hosea chapter 2 verse 3 it says as a result of her adulteries Hosea 2 2 that I will strip her her naked. We can see how an adulterous woman is to be stripped naked in Ezekiel in chapter uh, 23 in verse 22. Therefore, Ohaliba and Ohaliba, if we go to Ezekiel chapter 23 in verse 4, Ohaliba is Jerusalem. O Ohaliba, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will raise up lovers against you. Then it says in verse 23, the Babylonians, and then lovers were raised up against the northern kingdom known as Ohala, and these were the Assyrians that is mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 23, and this is what they're going to do to you. Ezekiel 23 and verse 26, they will strip you of your clothes. Here in Ezekiel chapter 23, if we look at verse 30 and verse 32, we're going to see that an adultery woman is going to be laughed to scorn. Verse 30, I will do these things unto you because you've gone a whoring after the heathen because you are polluted with their idols. Verse 32, thus says the Lord God, you will drink of your sister's cup deep and large and you will be laughed to scorn. And next, what we're going to see is she's going to be mocked for the way in which she commits whoredom because nobody commits whoredom like the adulterous bride of Yeshua at Mount Sinai or the house of Jacob. In Ezekiel in chapter 16 in verse 28 it says, you've played the whore with the Assyrians and you were unsatiable. In other words you could not be satisfied. And then in verse 29 it says, you have multiplied your fornication in the land of Canaan and in Chaldea and you were still not satisfied. Verse 30, how weak is your heart, says the Lord God, see you do these things, the work of an imperish, whorish woman. And then he's going to mock her, make fun of her in the way that she commits whoredom. In that, verse 31, you build your eminent place in the head of every way and you make your high place in every street and you have not been as a harlot in that you scorn higher. But as a wife that commits adultery which takes strangers instead of her husband, they give gifts to all whores but you give your gifts to all your lovers and you hire them. How she's being mocked, how the prophet is mocking the adulterous wife of Yahweh Yeshua who we entered into marriage with at Mount Sinai is normally when you commit whoredom, you receive payment for your services. But 
but instead of receiving payment for her whoredom, she's paying others to commit whoredom. So she is being mocked in the way that she commits whoredom because nobody commits whoredom like the house of Jacob commits whoredom. And now finally from Joel in chapter 3 and verse 3 and Obadiah chapter 1 verse 11, her enemies are going to cast lots for her. Joel chapter 3 verse 3, and they have cast lots for my people in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 11. In the day that you stood on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces and foreigners entered into your gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem. So let's summarize the list of the curses that will come upon an adulterous woman. Number one, she is going to drink bitter water or be given a bitter cup. Number two, she's going to be slain with the sword. Number three, her curses are written in a book and blotted out. Number four, she is forsaken by her husband. Number five, her husband hides his face from her. Number six, she is slain with thirst. Number seven, she is stripped naked. Number eight, she is laughed to scorn. Number nine, she is mocked for the way in which she commits whoredom. Number 10, her enemies cast lots for her. Now we're going to look at how Yeshua died on the tree and the things that happened to him in the final week of his life and even at the time of his crucifixion. And we're going to see that these same penalties or curses is what he took upon himself when he died upon the tree. First, he drank a bitter cup. And this happened at the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew chapter 26, verse 42. It says, He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away, from me except I drink it but your will be done so he was drinking of a bitter cup secondly Yeshua when he died on the tree in John chapter 19 verse 34 he was slain with a sword or a spear as it is written but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water in Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 14 it says blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way and nailing it to the cross. Because traditional Christianity hasn't understood and seen Yeshua in the Torah, because they haven't understood and known that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, that he's the bridegroom at Mount Sinai, and he entered into a marriage covenant with his people at Mount Sinai, and not understanding that this is connected with why he died on the tree, they've interpreted Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 as, a verse that states that you're not to follow the Torah anymore. But this verse needs to be understood in the context of a penalty upon an adulterous woman that it says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, the handwriting that was against us. What is the handwriting? It is the testimony of our sins. And the testimony of our sins, which is written in this book, which we call the Bible. It was written down by Moses. It was written down by the prophets. And they speak contrary to us and declare us being guilty. But the penalty of that, Yeshua took upon himself and he nailed on the tree. So the curses in a book are blotted out. Yeshua was forsaken by his father when he died on the tree. It says in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, about the ninth hour, Yeshua cried with a loud voice saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And while Yeshua was dying on the tree, that his father hid his face from Yeshua. Matthew 27, 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. There was darkness because
because his father was hiding his face. Next, Yeshua was thirsty when he died on the tree. John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Yeshua, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, and he said, I thirst. Yeshua was stripped naked. Matthew chapter 27, verse 28. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. Verse 31. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him. And then Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Then said Yeshua, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Yeshua was laughed at and mocked to scorn. Luke chapter 23, verse 35, verse 36. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with him derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Messiah, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And then, finally, they cast lots for Yeshua's garments. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. It says, And they parted his raiment and cast lots. So we see that the exact same punishments in the Torah and the Hebrew Scriptures for a woman that commits adultery is the same punishment that Yeshua took upon himself when he died on the tree. How was this so? Why and how did Yeshua suffer the sufferings of his adulterous wife? That is because they are achad. They are married to each other. Jeremiah in chapter 4 verse 19 says, My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. In Isaiah chapter 63 verse 8 says, So he was their savior. And then Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9, In all their affliction, he was afflicted. We could also see how Yeshua is one with his people, wherein we see in Psalm chapter 44 and verse 22 that the nation of Israel is likened to sheep that go to the slaughter. Yea, for your sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 32 and 35, Philip was reading Isaiah chapter 53 and it says, and at that place he read, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. It was from there in Acts chapter 8, verse 35, from that verse in Isaiah 53, that Philip preached Yeshua. So the nation of Israel was like sheep going to the slaughter. Yeshua as as a lamb going to the slaughter. We saw how in bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, that they were saved by grace through faith, and as expression of being saved by grace through faith, then they came to Mount Sinai, and they were given the Torah and shown how to live their lives as a redeemed people. And then we saw that at Mount Sinai, that the Torah was written upon a stony heart. And that the God of Israel found fault with the hearts of the people. So he wanted to take away the stony heart and to give them a heart of flesh, which is the new covenant, which is the indwelling Holy Spirit. And it was by doing that, that in the new covenant, he can bring his people spiritually to Mount Zion. Then we saw the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. And here in the last part of this teaching, we see that there was a marriage that took place between Yeshua the bridegroom and his wife, the house of Jacob, at Mount Sinai. And as a result of breaking the covenant, they were exiled into the nations of the world. And in restoring them, he's going to, when he ends the exile of the house of Jacob, he's going to bring his people to Zion. And Zion is not only associated 
associated with uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. It's associated with Messianic times because in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3, the Torah will go forth out of Zion. And then here finally, we looked at that in the house of Jacob, breaking the marriage vows at Mount Sinai, that she was given the penalty of an adulterous woman. And when Yeshua died on the tree, he died the death, the penalty of an adulterous woman. Well, that's going to conclude part eight of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.